0: internet it is friday december 21st and you were listening to waypoint radio episode 211 the last of our regular waypoint radios we didn't want to do a regular waypoint radio we were going to do another end of year thing for this and then what happened was december kept putting games out that we had to play and talk about i'm your host austin walker joining me today here in lobby one natalie watson How who's fucking bad at dare clapping they? uh also here How? danielle riendo hi i'm hi, good danielle. at
2: clapping
0: you're good at clapping yeah. rob zachney hey what's up Hey, how you doing? <laughs> What's up with you? I don't know. What's up?
3: Just rocking this flannel. Yeah, yeah I, you know are, I you're, dude. You're hey, really Rob, I really off.
4: like that flannel.
3: Oh, thank you, Natalie. I actually I had a feeling you'd like it. I decided I looked at my closet. I was like, I'm going to wear my Waypoint flannel. It's nice. The orange really next it.
4: to that that periwinkle.
3: Mm. It, it works. Colors. Colors. I
0: love them. I'm here for them. Also coming here from Kirkland country. Patrick Klepik.
1: I told you the Binnie's two for one on the Doers White Label is a good deal. It's uh-huh. better than the Kirkland, so I'm yeah. moving up. Okay, and it's I'm, it's, I'm it, that's, what, that's Binnie's, Binnie's Beverage card.
3: Depot for those of you who don't watch the Black <laughs> <It's Hawks>. en- <laughs> Uh Patrick Patrick's needs can't be satisfied at a liquor store, uh, but a Beverage Depot is really more his speed. Like,
1: I, only, I only buy liquor at the Costco warehouse, <laughs> the Binnie's Depot. And that basement around the corner in which I'm not sure what he puts in it, but I lose track of time for 12 hours. Yeah, <laughs> Wherever Patrick
3: goes, he brings his man cave with him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We we have, uh, Danielle, we only have you for a limited amount of time. So I want to dig yes. right into the game that you have been playing lately. The very beautiful platformer. Uh, I can't pronounce it. I don't know how to. I can't. <laughs> amber Gree. It. It's not green, and it's not Amber green. That's a different <laughs> thing. Grease. Gris.
3: Grease. I can't roll my R's. Grease. Grease. I've never learned. Grease. I can only roll my R's when I sneeze. I think I might have like a speech impediment that like I wouldn't know as an English speaker, but I can't actually roll my R's Can fake it. Can but fake the it. only time I actually fake? roll an R is when I'm sneezing.
4: Can is it like fake? when you think about it and then sneeze, you can roll the R? Or is it just naturally when you sneeze, you're rolling R's?
3: Uh, just naturally. It's more like a, a trill, I guess, uh, is the way it's been described to me. Yeah, sure. Interesting. Let's talk about this game before Danielle
0: has to run. All right, I have, I have 10
2: minutes, uh, and uh, it might not take 10 minutes, but I have been playing Greece, Greece, Grease? Grease? Grease. I'm going to say Greece. Grease. Okay. Lightning. Uh, it's by Nomada Studio and published by Devolver. It is extremely pretty, hand-painted aesthetic, uh, very sort of pastel, lots of purples, lots of reds, lots of beautiful tones. Platformer. And uh, I quite like it. I'm probably about two hours in. I don't think it's a super long game, so I feel like I've done I've a not. good chunk. Okay, cool. You've played it.
0: Yeah, I finished it, yeah.
2: Oh, all right. Rad. Um,
0: yeah, I've also put about an hour in, I think. So we'll oh. talk about it a little bit.
2: All right, cool. Uh, well, it is a platformer as not very subtle metaphor for grief or mental illness or, or some sort of sort of mental struggle. The game begins with, uh, I guess, her maybe her name? Is Greece? I don't know, but the protagonist is sort of singing at the very beginning cutscene, and then her voice is sort of taken away from her, and she's thrown into this void of white snow. Which, by the way, as a official winter hater uh, of life, as the official person with a <laughs> war on winter, I really appreciated uh-huh. this. Mm. That uh, winter is the metaphor for depression here: lack of color, lack of feeling, lack of humanity. Perfect is a perfect metaphor for winter. Anyway. Um, And you sort of stumble around in the snow until you are finally able to walk and then run and then jump. And then you go into levels that are sort of arranged around a color scheme. Uh, And they could be seen as a sort of metaphor for the stages of grieving. Or they could be seen as a metaphor for, you know, uh, the ways in which people are challenged, either sort of mentally or dealing with mental illness it's it's a sort of very unsubtle metaphor i would say but i think it it works i think it actually works pretty nicely even if it is pretty unsubtle there's a really cool piece at polygon called grease mirrors the stages of grief through art sound and design uh by ashley o who goes into sort of how every area is color coded to be a sort of like here's anger here's denial here's you know sort of the other stages of grief and then finally acceptance uh but yeah just Really, really pretty, mechanically uh, fairly simple. You're mostly sort of running and jumping, and then you gain an ability in each sort of color area to mm-hmm. deal with the obstacles around you. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the thing that most people will see is that it's absolutely gorgeous uh, and and really, the art style, like, the animation flows really, really, really nicely.
0: Yeah, it's hard to undersell, uh, it's hard, rather it's hard to oversell how strong the animation is, and some of the visual design of the, the locations and the, like, the ruined architecture, and there's a bit where I am, I'm, you know, I guess, like I said, I'm probably, like, 45 minutes an hour in, and I'm at, like, a, um, a very green area now, I believe, that is just, like, overflowing with life and, and vines, and Uh, Everything is overgrown and beautiful, and I I really, really um, think that 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 stuff really lands for me. Um, I've been – there's something about this game that feels like it is, like, a few years too late for me as a player (laughs) um, Mm. in that I've played a lot – in that, like, if this had come out in the same window of Abzu even – um, you know, oh, I think it would had to
1: be earlier than that. We're, thinking, I think we're thinking closer to Journey. I think like, post Journey because Journey opens it, it, the door. It, it is like it this says, game right? doesn't exist without Journey, yeah. but it feels yeah. of of an era of that. kind. So I agree. It's gorgeous. This game is I beautiful. Think, like, but the fact this that we're game saying this over and over
0: again is we're killing <laughs> it. With so kindness. so
1: here, so I played this game and felt nothing. Yeah. I want. I know this game wanted me to feel things. Um, mm-hmm. It's pr- it's gorgeous, sweeping imagery. The music is appropriately dramatic, and the 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 uh, sort of like the scope of like the the events that are unfolding. But when like I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit, Danielle, when you were you are speaking of the game, a lot of sort of like sort of kind of not sure where the meta- maybe the metaphor is like grief. Like I don't actually really you can read a lot into I think yeah. what happens, but I think the game actually layers. Whatever message it has, obfuscated behind a lot of really pretty imagery instead of actually just being a little more forward about what it's actually trying to say. And because of that, I often found myself playing the game going like, this game really, like, if you did a checklist of, like, here's how to make you feel something in a moment. (laughs) It's, like, got the big sweeping imagery, got the music, got images that could certainly be metaphor." Uh, I got those strings in the background. Oh, I can feel my heart pitter-pattering. There's some birds. I guess. but like, a lot of birds. I never, I, I didn't actually... None of it landed for me. It's like, I don't know what I'm actually supposed to feel except that this game... Look, it looked at games like Journey and said, oh, here's sort of a... Kind of a template for sort of the game you build. And it's, it is one of those. And so I certainly do not want to take anything away from people that looked at this and did find something that they identified with. But I it landed completely empty for me. And actually, I wish the game had been just a little more, What it, what is, like, it didn't need to. Direct? Actually, a little, yeah, because, like, that was, as, was like, as unsubtle as it is, it also doesn't, I never found that it actually found a way to communicate what that message, I got to the end and I was like, oh, oh, like, this is, okay, this is supposed to be, like, Redemption, or I, I don't, why are they, I don't, it just didn't land for me <laughs> at all.
0: There, There's two things I want to put, shout out. Uh, one is uh, Alice Bell's review over at Rock, Paper, Shotgun, which kind of hits at some of this stuff, um, al- along with a sort of like there are three types of women in video games. <laughs> this is the third type. Um, but but I think like she also similarly has a, has a bit of sh- a struggle with it, which is like I loved playing it. I really enjoyed what it mm-hmm. looked like. Um, totally. But, but just some vagueness around it. There's also a thread by the designer and teacher, uh, Anna Anthropy. Um, who uh, g- makes the case that like Greece is a is a is a great example of why when we make games about things like grief they're often more powerful and I'm kind of paring down her, her words here mm-hmm. uh, but, but are more powerful when they're specific or like what she wants is specific stories of grief, not this abstract generalist approach to like oh this whole thing is a metaphor for capital G grief without ever getting into any specificity because griefs you know the, the like being sad uh, having things taken from you trauma are trauma is a specific thing in life and that what she would like to see in games is more explorations in that spe- in that specific sense rather than something like this, which fell flat for her because it was um, uh, trying to do this really big generalized metaphor, which, which you know, it's one of those things where it's like metaphor still will land for some people. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I'm still going to probably try to finish the game over the break. It's totally worth finishing. Some of the mechanical stuff it does is um, – uh, Mike Fahey wrote a review of this on Kotaku, and one of the things he landed on was that one of the things is also disappointing is this game uh, – Picks up and puts down so many little cool mm. mechanics. Uh, yeah. Danielle, have you gotten to the ice area yet? I'm in
2: the green area still.
1: Okay, I don't want to. Yeah. Sp- okay, then I do not want to spoil <laughs> the mechanic that this game introduces for like 45 seconds and then throws away. <laughs> wow. Like there is. Um, I I've always admired about Nintendo the way that they, especially in the Mario games, the the 3D Mario games, they'll just kind of like pick up an idea let you play with it for a little bit, and then they just move on to the next one because they smartly realize it's better to want more of it than to get tired of it. Uh, But this game actually, it doesn't, I felt often didn't take things far enough where it's like, oh my gosh, you're playing with really cool concepts and then just discard them so quickly. Um, It's a three-hour game that I wish was a six-hour game, which is not usually the message you would hear. From me, um, no. maybe partially, is because the metaphor fell flat for me, but the mechanics actually were stronger. So I played this game uh, at PAX, and I remember mostly talking about the aesthetic because I had a bad controller that kept like losing sync. And so I was never able to fully grasp like how good of a platformer it was. I think it's a totally solid platformer that's not asking the player to do a whole lot in terms of jumping, but there's so much ingenuity and cleverness in the level design and the little mechanics mm. they have here that. I ended up like wishing they had it seems like maybe they might have truncated the game uh maybe because of how the art was devised I don't know exactly the development process but um in service of getting a tighter metaphor but I would have actually loved more time spent just mechanically in the world
2: Yeah two quick things before I have to uh bounce unfortunately uh, one being I I do I got the sense playing this that this was, uh, like, prototyped mechanically before there was a sort of theme mm, put on it, potentially. Okay. and Or maybe the art also kind of came together and, and they sort of fell where they fell with it. Um, it is working for me on some levels, but I wouldn't call it quite as successful as, as something that really kind of hits me in the gut. It's it's more like, no, I see what they're doing. I, I'm enjoying yeah. this, this yeah. sort of thematic stuff that they're doing. Um, and the other thing being, it does sure feel like a game that's made for people who... Like there's a very specific type of player who plays like five games a year, and they're not the Maddens, they're not the sort of hardcore games. They're the mm. sort of like maybe you play one RPG and then you play like cool story games, and it does feel like all right, this is this right is down the, one the center. Of those five, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. one of your five, uh, but um, I am enjoying it, and I do definitely want to beat it. I do think it's mechanically doing some cool stuff, and it, it, man, it's pretty. I'm a sucker really for pretty. that. It's really pretty. <laughs> really, it's
1: it's when we use when we say ah, it looks like a cartoon that has been diminished to the point that it's no longer means anything but this really aw- sometimes does like i feel like i'm watching an animated show and i am controlling it yeah because there's a there's a i don't there's a layer of polish and finesse to the animation here that it's it's really. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's like, I, wanna... it's like, in the, in the same way, like, uh, like a cuphead, uh, like, yeah. But like the, the the fact that I'm playing a platformer specifically often feels like I'm controlling like a brief action sequence or a travel sequence in an animated show. There, there, and uh, there was really something like. Perf- I found the art to be moving, even if I didn't find the metaphor it was conveying to be moving. Yeah. I guess if that's that, that's yeah, maybe I, where I ended up. I guess I
0: should it, I should say really quick, just like. We keep saying it's pretty, which is a which is useful in a quick evaluative I sense, know, but it's yeah. not an actually useful thing. And so, like, some of the stuff that I think it does really well, like, it, it plays with saturation and color and layer really well, where uh, there's a, a sequence early on where there's, like, a dust storm that kind of comes on uh, that's, like, this deep red, there's like, deep, almost burgundy red. Um, that covers the entire screen and sometimes like it, it will hit so hard that you get pushed back and in that moment it's almost as if someone has like tossed a bunch of like blush in the air or something mm-hmm. and there's other times when like or, or like that stuff will stay around or will be like painted a, as if on different photoshop layers throughout this 2D world
1: um and then similar things it happen it does it does feel it does feel like when the, the world is being painted often as you're yes. playing like for example there's there's a there's yeah. a, a boss sequence with a with an enormous bird or a crow where As you are working your way through that sequence, like, the way it, like, transforms as, like, the the, the shape of it just, like, blotches the screen as it, like, works its way around. Like, it feels very much often like there is a paintbrush that is, like, whipping against the screen Mm -hmm. to, like, transform the world and, like, the creatures and the the, the environment around you um, is morphing in real time as sort of like this, you know, like, invisible hand of a painter is is kind of like blotching it. It's like it it feels deformative in a way that someone is like, "Ah, okay, 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 we're moving on to the next painting." I'm am I'm, I'm ex- expressing this different image. <laughs> right. Well, and um,
0: then it'll sh- it'll shift, right? Like there's a sequence again pretty early on where you end up on a like a white reflecting pool mm-hmm. and you're running around and there are like little birds underneath the pool, like the silhouettes of birds or butterflies or something. And they are like chasing you around and that is so stark and clean and precise in contrast with the kind of like blush in the air. They're so
4: geometric, like the the use of like geometrics against like very like flowy abstract is so um, interesting and and, like captivating. Yeah, so they're
0: doing stuff here that I think visually like it really stands out. Go, Go watch some gameplay footage of it. Um, and, and you know, I definitely think like, if you're the sort of person who responds well to things like Journey or Abzu like consider giving this a play um, you I could don't. do a whole lot worse like, you it's, could do a it's whole a lot really, worse yeah, that's a good way of saying really it. <laughs> in-
1: especially like like as a holiday game like sitting around like that it's fine ride. on Switch it's that a good thing ride. to play on Switch but yeah. hey like this game really does benefit from like a big, a big screen good, yeah. at the very least have headphones um, I'm not usually someone that like I'll use Apple head. you know like I'm not usually someone that like worries Kirkland about that stuff headphones. but this you know what, if they sold them, (laughs) i think about it. They might. They might. Kirkland headphones. Let me check eBay's (laughs) latest drops. I just buy Anchor, man. Anchor's like the Kirkland of uh, electronics. There you go. Amazon Basics. (laughs) Amazon Basics. You need a 50-foot HDMI cable.
4: Amazon Basics
1: has got you. Amazon Basics got you covered. covered.
0: They do. There are no Kirkland headphones, as far as I can tell. I'm checking Costco's website right now, and... Just or will you sign it. in as a member? I'm not, so there you oh, go. That's I got you, fam. I got you. <laughs> thank you, Natalie. Natalie, you researched that. Danielle, thank <laughs> right. you for telling us about thank Greece. You. Thank you for coming through. Uh, for uh, As always, if you want more Danielle in the next couple of weeks, one, uh, already this week, the uh, episode on Life is Strange episode one will be up by now. Yeah. And then what else, Danielle, have you been on that's already up? Kato, do you know off the top of your head? It's already up. Your list will be next week. Yes. <clears throat> God. Uh, Kato, Kato will and week. I did
4: there will be. One at the end, and of- there will
0: be one. There'll be two more next week. So Danielle, okay. people will find your 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 wonderful voice throughout the rest of our holiday content, our end of year content going forward. Yes, uh, we'll talk to you later.
2: Thank you. I'll be good. Be good at it. Bye.
0: Thank you. Bye, bye. bye. All right, Peace. now that we're done. Ta- nope, Rob, you have to stay. Rob, Rob, <laughs> nope. Rob, we're gonna talk about battlefield. Battlefield. <laughs> Rob, time to kill. We're gonna talk about killing people. TTK. What? Germans, Rob. We're t- <laughs> oh, he got a beer. He's back. Was that a lager? What is that?
3: Uh, it's a uh, it's a, a stout? IPA.
0: Oh, An IPA. Ooh, an IPA at twelve thirty-four. That'll give you some kick. And Love for the an record, IPA. you've been awake since three a.m. So that means so you're it's, in the it's, window. It's,
1: it's basically five p.m. It's basically
0: m. five p.m. on a holiday week, on a Tuesday. Tuesday's a new Thursday. Thursday's a new Friday. You know, it all plays out like that.
4: Uh, that you... Christmas tree's looking nice behind you, let me say.
0: Wait, is oh, there a Christmas tree back there? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, look at that.
4: What's is that a... Olaf on the top?
3: Uh, no, that is a bear and an owl.
4: Oh, okay. From here, <laughs> it looks like Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> from Frozen? Yeah. <laughs> but now that I can see the bear and owl, I would like it a Are thousand times bear more. Are you and your partner's the owl? Please say it's yes. Inside.
0: That's what it is. It's really cute. That's really cute. It's really
5: good, um, Rob. Tell
0: me about. You said before we started that Battlefield Five was was quote flailing. What's happening? Oh, this is
3: this is so good. Um, so I have really complicated feelings about Battlefield Five, just as it exists in the context of mm-hmm. like Battlefield One, like where this series is at. And apparently, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. And EA felt there was a problem. There's just something it. It feels like there's a casual hardcore divide happening in Battlefield.
0: Oh wow!
3: Yeah, unheard of in a uh, in, in a in a, <laughs> a multiplayer shooter. Um, so EA came up with a solution, and Heather Alexander over Kotaku wrote a really good summary of what happened here. EA's solution, and like I know game design is hard. I know it is, and I know that everything sounds like it's very easy to armchair quarterback this shit. It sure like, is. Just. On Speaking of page. quarterbacks,
0: Big Dick Nick. All right, we're gonna continue.
3: <laughs> Where's Man, he at? He's back. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll come back okay, yeah. okay. on way plus. Yeah, don't week, worry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah.
4: sure.
3: Uh, yeah. So uh, dice like changed the time to kill in Battlefield, and basically, wait, do you what... do that
0: by like making giving people more HP by making bullets
3: weaker? The bullets got weaker. Okay. And that's basically what they did. They just applied a flat, like across the board, every single gun just has a little bit less punch in in Battlefield 5. The thing you have to bear in mind is that Battlefield 5 has really restrictive class weapon dynamics, right? Okay. Like medics only carry SMGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. Uh, and you can get like an SMG just from me playing it a little bit still. You can get an SMG that like is a little bit longer range, but you're never going to be a medic with a rifle.
3: Right. And other battlefields in general, they've kind of let you like be that, right? They let right. you sort of specialize how you're going to play your role here. They got very prescriptive with the way these roles operate and like what you can actually like do on the battlefield in addition, to, in addition to your class ability. Uh, so they come into this system. That's like pretty tuned for this kind of interdependency and this sort of narrow like spectrum of possibilities when you when you're controlling your character, and they just kind of apply like a flat uh, like nerf across the board to weapons a little bit to basically give the, the idea is uh, if weapons are just a little less lethal, uh, bad players will have more time to react to getting shot, yeah, and they won't feel like they're just getting insta killed uh, in a match, and. I don't know that that was really the problem. Like I like I'm not a good Battlefield player, I'm really not. That's not really where I was having issues. Like the the thing that I think makes Battlefield 5 really tricky is that there are some maps that require an almost like Counter-Strike level of map knowledge yeah. for you to really yeah. figure out what the hell's going on. Like the Rotterdam map is all about like knowing specific angles and what is visible from this like one particular position in one building like you need yeah. to know that the
0: third floor like west side window happens to be able to see far enough down the road that you can snipe at the at the point the the whatever point
3: yeah right and there's no you can't weapon tune your way around that that's the that's the game you made that you know that's for better or worse, that is the dynamic of level like that, and there are a lot of levels that have that kind of uh, that impose those kind of like learning curves and challenges on uh, on players. But they decide that it's this um, it's this time to kill uh, numbers. So they they tweak that immediately. Everyone's like, "What the hell? This yeah. is like this is not the game people have been playing for the last month or so." Uh, so there's a lot of people immediately feeling you know just resisting the change. And there's also a lot of people who just don't feel like this is still not solving the issues they had with the game. So EA's initial solution was to split the playlists. And there'd be core playlists, which took place on the old rule set. And there'd basically be like patch uh, playlists on the new, pl- on the new, uh, on, isn't the new like, patch, on the isn't new patch, the do,
1: do they not have a test server or something where it's like, yo, here's the version ahead that we're fucking
3: around with. Let us know what you think. You know, I thought they like. I don't know that they do have a test realm. Uh, like I, I generally don't fuck with stuff like that. So like, PUBG is probably the only game I mess around with. On, on that score right. <laughs> so maybe this is the case where like they they needed a, a, a public test realm and they just didn't have one but they end up like splitting the playlists and this lasts a day and oh. then a day later to like last night <laughs> they basically like backed the car up and they're like you know we learned a lot from this experiment already and we've heard a lot of feedback and so we're just going to undo that change, and we're going to merge Body. the playlists back together. Uh, and Can you explain
4: what splitting the playlists means? Like, it, does that mean you, the players, are choosing which ones they're entering in, or are they yeah. like being? So
3: basically, Natalie, you would be like, "I want to play on the core uh, okay. rules," which means the original time to kill variables. Okay. Or you'd be like, I'm but within a the more same. Today.
4: Are these people playing within the same? Like they're matches, split. or they're completely they're split. split. Yeah. Okay, so okay. you're
3: going to a server that's playing by one of two. It's like, like the, the, the difference between caps. like a survival
0: and a creative server gotcha. in Minecraft or something, right? Yeah. Which yeah. like which which I'm not opposed to. Like especially in that in that metaphor, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. The like I think there's a world in which you can imagine
1: launching a game that says, "Hey, we have an arcade mode and we have a sim mode, or we have a but are you are you new to Battlefield? Right. We're going to put you in these different servers, and then we're going to give you a warning, like after." like, four or five hours or 15 matches, like, hey, like, this is kind of, like, hard mode, like, you're going to die faster, but now that you've got the ropes, you know, we're, we're going to shift you over to these, which is kind of the real Battlefield experience.
0: But it does speak to something Rob was saying before, which is, like, there are multiple ways by which something like difficulty or realism or what time to kill is not just a... Time to kill is not just a factor of how much damage does a gun do, it's also a factor of how are the maps designed? How are the guns designed? How are the character abilities designed? So, for instance, this is a game that does not just have passive healing, right? Like obviously, time to kill literally means you know how you long aim, it? yeah you aim a gun, you pull a trigger, how long before the person drops. But in a more abstract or averaged yeah. out sense, in a game like this where you have limited heals, that number is going to be shorter than is than it would be in a classic Call of Duty game where you could retreat behind. Or, Call of Duty is like still rough with this but like a game where you could retreat like Gears of War for instance is a game that has really long like time to kill between a person starting and the that, that character dying cuz it's easy to retreat to get behind cover to heal back up mm-hmm. um you know uh and so like those changes aren't just in the gun like and so to some degree it's like yeah I want the thing that Patrick you just suggested as a player it's one of those things where I'm like oh yeah that sounds great put me in an easy mode until I learn the maps until I get comfortable and then slide me into the real shit but the the real the whole game has to be designed around that idea from the jump, and it doesn't sound like that's what this is. It sounds like a weird well, backfix.
3: So the yeah, the interesting thing in the original uh like post where they were explaining why they're introducing the time to kill changes, and again this is uh cited in Heather's article, uh is basically like Dice copying the fact that the wider player base is declining. Uh like it's declining too quickly.
1: Well this game has been uh, by most metrics with, you know without EA coming out and saying it because they wouldn't that it's bombed yeah. like this is um, they made a calculated mistake in the beta period where the game got like normally EA's done this thing where like hey you know you can play the game two weeks ahead of time or whatever ahead of like the the normal people but this ga- it, it appears that period killed all buzz and interest for this game at around the same time when Call of Duty's uh battle Royale mode which seems to have tapered off, but was at least successful in generating a huge amount of initial interest in that game. Well, and that DICE maybe just miscalculated entirely on what this game should
3: be. So here's my – so a couple things. One, there, there's a very real fact that the pre-release versions of this game sucked. Like, every time – like, going back to the closed alpha all the way to the, like, public beta that was basically the, like, you're playing it for the two weeks before the formal release, the the pre-order – uh, beta basically all those versions were vastly inferior to the 1.0 version that rolled over the day of launch like austin and i were like sitting there on thanksgiving weekend yeah. and i was like austin like a shit ton of my review is premised on this experience i had that like literally like the patch downloaded at midnight and that experience basically vanished like my review was was in, in the stuff that i cared about in my review a lot of it became a dead letter because there were so many issues in that pre-release version, on the strength of that pre-release version, I would have said stay the fuck away from this game. This sucks. Uh, so I think that did hurt them, but I think it's a broader issue of one of the things that people really hated in Battlefield One is that there was apparently like some bullet randomization in the like the tr- the way the bullets traveled. So if you're just like spraying with a machine gun. Not every round is going where your cursor is pointed and that pissed people off because that felt like you're being, if, if your thing is like you've got really great precision and aim in Battlefield, having that randomization really damages your, your game and really like puts you on a more even footing with players who have not developed that skill as much. What is, what was the, was it a realism argument? Like, oh, some bullets out of the
1: gun wouldn't make it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think there there. is a
3: good realism argument, which is that, in general, like, people aren't fucking marksmen. Like, it's the Red (laughs) Orchestra thing, where they also had heavy suppression, where if you were under fire, you became less accurate. So, like, if Mm -hmm. people are just pelting your position with shots, you have a hard time returning effective fire. Um, And this is all stuff to make it feel a little bit more like you're just the common soldier in a war zone, right? You're not fucking Rambo. Who's like putting <laughs> who's rounds done this map on a thousand target. times? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know Joel yeah. Fowler. You're you're, no, you're <laughs> the uh-huh. like you're just you know you're just Rob Zachney trying to you know grind out a match and hopefully not fuck his teammate. Uh, unfortunately, that's usually how things go because I'm a bit of a lead anchor in <laughs> in these scenarios. But so the thing is, what that ends up making Battlefield One is more of a game of like positioning. Wait, right? one, like uh,
0: one or five?
3: Sorry. Battlefield 1. Okay.
0: Battlefield, yeah, the, the, the previous. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So that ends up becoming more of a game of positioning where it's less about getting every round on target and opening fire from the more advantageous position, mm. right? Like like picking your moment, picking your location. If you're still an ace shot, you're still going to get the better of like 9 out of 10 engagements, but it just it tweaks the way the game works just a little bit. Battlefield 5, they went with this... Where you point is where you're going to hit. That's kind of the model they went with now there's some ballistics uh, there's ballistics modeling in the game that does reintroduce some um interesting dynamics about the way the bolts travel. but in general, they're favoring the precision. Like reflex shooter, so you're a it bit more
0: it might do the thing where the gun jumps between shots or whatever, or like the reticle gets wider, but if you're one of if you're someone who plays this game six hours a day, seven hours, eight hours a day, you could probably eventually learn to compensate for that and move the mouse in a way that would like still keep all those on target. And it feels real means, good
3: if you like completely know that recoil pattern,
0: but if you're me, it doesn't
3: mhm, right, yeah. And then the game does. The game was undeniably just faster paced. Right. Like I'm like when I played it, I was shocked by how much more it has a almost Counter Strike like round pacing on a lot of on a lot of your spawns, uh, where you're sort of running yeah. and gunning, and it, especially as like once you get into closer range, you see somebody, both sides open up, somebody's gonna be dead within like a second. That's yeah. just how that's going to play out. And that seems to have alienated a lot of people, to top it off with. There's just, like, there are so many experiences now where the map dynamics are kind of at odds with the class dynamics. Like, if you played Medic, you can only carry a submachine gun that's only effective at close range. I don't know, man. Like, on a big open desert map where there's no cover and there's hardly any structures, like play medic fucking sucks right which
0: sucks is i like to play medic you know yeah that's how i played
3: yeah uh they've still got like medical crates uh like pc gamer posted had a good post about this where like you know it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek post about you put you put the medical crate down which becomes sort of a healing station nobody uses them because the game is too dynamic like nobody's running back to heal that's just not how this game works but the mechanic lingers on like the entire like Battlefield Five just feels at odds with itself in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, and it feels very reactive to like complaints people had about Battlefield one, but again, like it kind of returned to what I was saying with my original like review. it just feels like the game doesn't quite have like a strong identity uh for itself and you're starting to see them kind of grope for one with weird after-release solutions.
0: Yeah. Before we take a quick break, I just want to say, on this note, like I've also put a little more time into Vikendi, the PUBG snow map, uh, and it's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I had a good playthrough with—God, who was I playing with the other day? Why am I blanking on who it was that I was playing through? I feel like a jerk. With a friend, was playing, oh, it was with Matt Pasquale, who who helped me get my first ever chicken dinner, uh, and Will Smith, friend of the site, Will Smith, um, and we ended up just like, I I think it was before Will Smith joined, but but we went out to some hot springs and we we ended up trying to, so we made the bad choice. We we're like, oh, this is a new map. We want to see everything on the new map. This this place says hot springs. We got to go to the hot springs. It's time to relax, you know, kick back a little bit. Um, and that was just at the edge of the circle, and we like went way out of our way to get there,
5: like <laughs> assholes.
0: And so we did, and on the way back, we were cutting through a little town towards the south of the map that is like I, – I cannot say enough like how, how strong the identity of these locations on this map are. Uh, Cameron Kunzelman wrote about this for us on Friday. You should go back and read that that column, uh, um, The The locations on this map are just like so – they feel so like real is such a corny word in some ways. There's a lot of detail Specific. to them. Specific. There's a specificity. There's this little town towards the south of the map that we got caught in. We were trying to like drive through it. And it felt like something out of, you know, um uh I guess the the movie that's coming to my mind, which I don't even know if it has a sequence like this, is um what is the what is the follow-up to history of violence called? Do you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the movie Eastern Promises, Eastern Promises where it's just like tight and violent and like like just not a good not a like just completely caught in the fucking open in in caught in the open but in tight corridors and just like just ruined um these little like european style um uh, uh roads these multi-leveled uh, like little towns that have like different tiers they they uh, way more curves than straight lines uh, all the architecture is just really great Patrick, We have to get in there. We have to go back and play snow map. We have to do it because it's, every every game i 've had so far have has been really good and it 's done a lot of the thing you 're talking about around positioning mattering um in a sense more than the like pure accuracy stuff in battlefield
3: i 'm surprised like it just kicks ass like it doesn think you would yeah. think that a map that 's significantly bigger than like sandhawk. Would be less specific and like feel mm-hmm. less uh, bespoke in every inch than Sandhawk does, but for some reason, like there are so many, like every little like group of like three or four huts on uh, Sandhawk is really kind of interchangeable to me. They feel so similar. They're you know they're all nestled on like you know near a couple ro- yeah, rocky yeah. outcrops. This like I was playing a game with uh, the Joels and uh, and 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 we had this, we got in this like three, maybe four way encounter in this farm, like outside this farm mm-hmm. where we we're trying to like make a breakthrough to the next circle and we come to this farm and like, there's been enough shooting in in the distance that like we know we're in the middle of a couple different groups and we're looking at this farm and it's that great moment where you don't even see anybody, but you just have a feeling like there's just, there's something about it, right? Yep. This, this, the place just seems imbued with like certainty (laughs) that like something is going to happen here and sure enough there's there's a group there and no sooner have we spotted them than another group begins like to make its presence felt uh you know in the distance off to the right so we have to make a call and we start like we got to go in we got to go in on this on this farm and I can like visualize every single inch of the field, the uh burned out cars that were nearby, the exact breaks in the wall. The entire yeah. sequence played out like that scene in the original Born Identity where he's in that gunfight mm-hmm. with Clive Owen and he's like out in that out in that field. Yeah. Um the the entire encounter felt almost like cinematic in that way. And it felt like I know that farm. That is a specific farm now. I know what place that is and it's not like the other buildings that are out there on the map. This is a location that I'm going to remember and I'm going to encounter it, encounter it in later games and will always sort of have this memory like associated the with the history it. of this gunfight.
0: Yeah. It um I think the mechanics in PUBG have always had that ability to create those moments, but having a map that's so well designed and and, and that is so memorable and that has you, Part of it is just the distances in in a sense, right like I think back to to Erangel and like yeah, like to the south of that one city, there's like those big huge there's this huge stretch of like wheat wheat fields and hay hay bales and like that's, there's a lot of open space, but like it doesn't feel designed in the way that I, some of the. I farms know that we here. won
1: our game in a cabin, but I don't remember anything about no. that area other than it was a hill. No,
0: totally, <laughs> totally, totally,
1: and that that's true now. You know, a year later, and was true the day after yeah. that encounter.
3: Totally,
0: exactly. So we're going to take a break, but sometime in this next, some sometime soon, we need to play PUBG. We have to. Can do I just it.
3: say something that's so pure about Joel? Our yes. Joel, our Joel, Joel Fowler, Joel Fowler. Yeah, his computer started overheating during our game. Yeah. And it was because computers overheat when shit is happening, it would invariably overheat in opportune moments. Of course. There was this encounter where we had a complete drop on these guys. And Joel, who I'm usually like waiting to make the calls, just can't because like things are so choppy that he's no. saying things like four or five seconds after I <laughs> And so... I end up still thinking he's like got a handle on the situation, oh, God. and he really does not. We make some bad calls. I get a I get a pretty excellent kill. Thank you for <laughs> the new uh, I, thank you for the new sensitivity settings, Joel. Uh, but he is like got that guy. Joel did not get that guy. Oh. So I think Joel's talking about the guy I shot, and the second one is unaccounted for. But I'm convinced they're both dead. I go in. I get gunned down. The next day, Joel's messaging me on Discord, and he's like, yeah, I just feel really bad. I just really need to get this computer thing fixed, because I just feel so guilty, because like, I saw those guys, and they hurt you. (laughs) I let them hurt you. Oh, Joel. Oh, that, is, that is playing PUBG with Joel Fowler. That is, that is playing PUBG Just, with Joel Fowler. It's, it's so, always it's protect Mr. President. With uh, 100%. Fowler. It 100% <laughs> is.
0: So good. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we can talk about some more recent releases like Below. BRB.
5: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
0: All right, we are back, and you can catch me seven layers below the deep going into the ice caves and following weird lights and dying over and over again, because I've been playing Cappy Games Below, a game that has been in production since... Before time before, itself. Yeah, yeah, time immemorial.
1: Uh, I don't even... And basically the launch of the Xbox One. Yeah,
0: because it was, it was one of those games that was shown off during the xbox one like
1: the first not it's not it's announcement but the first e3 it was one of those like ah and here's you know one of our big indie exclusives right, that we're right. getting behind um so yeah this game has been kicking around for quite you know, some time part of yeah. and
0: you know uh what i'll say is like a year ago man like it was a game that i sat down and played for 45 minutes three years ago at a PAX. My first. You
1: sat down and watched me play two hours of this it. Year. Uh, year yeah. well, like, this, this year. A year ago. Yeah, year. This is what
0: I was going to say. It's like two or three years ago when I had my PAX demo of it, the first time it was more than two because it was I, it was my first. It was PAX West 2015, I guess, so three years ago. Um, uh, I still left it being like, I don't really know what this game is. I knew that it had, uh, uh I knew it was like Legend of Zelda-ish in some ways. Like top-down view, like 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 link to the past era, Legend of Zelda, with like a button for a shield and a button for hitting with a sword. I knew there were survival elements because I knew I was like. F- you know, taking a spear and getting some fish. I knew there were secrets in a Link to the Past style way or or in an exploration game style way because I found a spear hidden behind a waterfall. Um, I knew there was some crafting, but it seemed light, uh, but I didn't know what the game was. I knew I was going down on this mysterious island into a cave system, a dark cave system, but I didn't know what the game was. And then earlier this year, we had that like two hour plus long demo where we started to see a little bit more of what the game was. And that, That gave me a better feeling for for what Below would be, which is um, in some ways there is a degree to which it feels like a methodical – a very methodical and less chaotic and and less random but not in a bad way spelunky in that there are – the structure of like oh this is a biome that I'm going to go through a few levels of then I'm going to get to a new biome that maybe has new enemies and I'm going to be in that for for a little while and I'm going to have to different concerns because the environment is going to be different and and that's going to make me play slightly differently and obviously it's different than Spelunky in a million ways right um, you know, Spelunky doesn't have a, a coldness mechanic the way below does
1: no but it's but you know uh, what I'm saying you you, sli- you could slip on ice in Spelunky's like sure. there's just there's a different there's a different uh, environmental consideration. That forces you to, to alter play, your play slightly differently,
0: right? Totally. Yeah. Um, so now, but weirdly, I I'm glad I watched that, that demo of you playing it for a few hours earlier this year because it helped me understand what the fuck this game was going into it. But also weirdly, now it's it's been strange going back through some of those areas, um, and like I'm waiting still for the hook, if that makes sense. Again,
1: uh, I don't know if it's there. So I, I got so I, I got to
0: something really weird finally. Okay. That like uh-huh. was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh that that made me feel like there is some other shit popping off down below. But also I don't think okay. you're
1: wrong. So I degree. get so I haven't I haven't played the uh um it since that demo. But when I finished the demo, which was like, you know, it was a front, you know, it wasn't like I was doing a bunch of cycles of the game. Like I did you I died right. two hours into the game, made it to the th- the Third uh, biome because third get, biome there's like
0: one that's like caves a, basically it's just like the caves yes. it's dark you have to use a lot of light you use lots of like you use your torch you use the special lantern that
1: so I made it to the second biome no you made right? it to the like third you, you made it to third? the third second one okay. is icy yeah.
0: it's ice and there's right. wolves but there's light and the third is where we got to and we were like yo shit there's different types of enemies that yeah was, they
1: were really fast and they beat, they beat the shit the out of shit me out you know, <laughs> super fast but um when I got to the end of that demo like the thing that I was left with was. I don't, I don't want to go through all that right. again. Like, that was a full two hours, and it wasn't like I got to the end of it and went, cool, learned a lot. I'm excited to, like, jump back into those previous areas, like, more efficiently or whatever. Um, you know, at the time, we were given a little heads up about a secret of the game where, like, you're going to, you know, you were able to stash items and equipment in these different sort of uh, areas of the game so that when you go on subsequent runs you can leave extra stuff behind or go on runs that are purely about gathering items for a future run. Right there's also there Um, is
0: also a sort of like you get this pretty early so I I mean I'm gonna have to talk somewhat spoilery about Below. Below is the sort of game that has uh, the aura of of a game that you're not supposed to talk about anything. Do you know what I mean? It's just like go in go in fresh, go in without seeing anything and just you know uh, learn it all yourself so I I understand. Do you feel like
4: it warrants that?
1: I'm not I don't think so yet. Okay. Is what I'll say, right? Um, because I also think some of the things that you don't know may turn out to be things that you would re- not want to play that game um, if you right. didn't know. So about So I'd them rather ahead of talk time.
0: about them ahead of time, and I would also rather the the other side of that too, which is like if you're bashing your head against it, being like, "Why the fuck don't I have blank?" I'd rather say, "Yeah, don't worry, blank is coming." Like mm. with Ashen that came out a few weeks ago, I played for the first two hours without having like a chest to put extra equipment. I was like. Yo, is there not a way for me to do anything with this extra with all these extra weapons? And so I looked on I was I guess yeah, the game had just come out. So I looked online and someone was like, "Oh, don't just keep playing, keep playing, you'll get the chest." So like, I want to say that with this, which is one. So again, if you don't want to know anything else, just jump ahead, go play the game if it seems intriguing to you. It's interesting. I I am going to probably keep playing it. Um so there you do eventually get us thing where when you go when you go to a fire there, so there are fires in a mm-hmm. dark soulsy sort of way, except it's not that you're like. Leveling. Are these these bonfire like yeah, these yeah, little yeah. ones? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm watching a
4: gameplay video in front of me. Thank you, Natalie. Um,
0: so <laughs> when you go to those those bonfires, you can spend the currency that's dropped from enemies to either turn it to turn it blue, which may means that you can teleport to it. Which kind of sets it as a checkpoint that you can go back to if you die. So you can go to any bonfire or any fire, like campfire and then teleport back to it. But you, eventually you also just get the ability to go into like a weird subspace zone where, they, where you just have like a chest and uh, uh, some shelves to put f- extra food. And it ends up being like, a, like a, another dimensional space where you can leave stuff for your next run. Right. So you could be like, OK, I found this dope sword or I found like there, there is some degree of loot in this game. I found this armor. I found this like uh, plus one, uh, not plus one, but I found this like sweater or whatever the fuck that will keep me warm. But I'm not in the ice zone right now. I'll go mm. into my into my weird dimensional. So it's only apartment. stuff that
4: you're not currently using. You like. can You
0: can leave it there. Leave. You leave it there. You don't. It is not like. So this is a run based game zero, go back to the basics. This is a run-based game in which you are exploring an island and going deeper and deeper below the island and finding old, weird, magical shit um, that is, that reminds me of a sort of, there's like a slight Breath of the Wild thing here where it feels like, oh, uh, this stuff is magical, but it has the sort of hard edges of technology, mm-hmm. right? Um, lots of glowing, lasery shit. Uh, I got into a space... I don't even remember how the fuck I got there, but suddenly I was in a space that was all that weird technology shit. Like there were like weird magic drones flying around and the level was reacting in wild ways. Is it
4: procedural?
0: The So yes and no. Okay. It is each, each level of the dungeon is a collection of proc gen... Uh, in between rooms and then there are like locked rooms that are like okay this is the room that has the big lake in it Mm -hmm. and then if you swim to the north end there is a ladder up that brings you back up to the beach at the top level
1: wasn't it always the case that uh, the exits are always in they're in the same general direction so. so it's like it's like oh if the exit to the area next is in the bottom right You'll always generally want exactly to head to, that, the, to bottom the bottom right, right of the map if you wanted to if you wanted to get through an area faster totally. instead of fully that is exploring. exactly
0: right and and that does come up. What I found is that and also on top of this there is a layer of survival uh, mechanics. Right, you have to eat. Uh, you get food pretty constant. Like I, I'm rarely low on on raw food. Because you, you can bleed, right? You can bleed, and you need bandages to stop bleeding. I mean, you, you will eventually just, like, bleed until you hit a point where you stop bleeding regularly, but you'll do a lot of damage as that bleed kind of works down. Um, so you want to craft bandages, and you craft bandages by finding slime and by finding, you know, a bunch of different things. It is one of those games that's, like, you want to be on a message board talking to people or in a mm. Discord chat talking, to people, like, oh, wow, I just figured out how to make bandages. Like, one of the early things is, is you realize... <laughs> There are leeches that will come and get your blood. And if you kill the leeches, you can get slime, which is a component in making bandages. And so there are times you're like, I'll get hit a little bit so I'm bleeding, which will attract the, the leeches so they can eat my blood and then I can kill them and use their – Rob is making a face, which is very funny to me. It's, this whole notion has upset you. It... <laughs> He's looking away. Um, <laughs> it's so... so
4: interesting to me how specific this is when you are so far, like in terms of like the yes. the – how you're playing like you are so far pulled back from yeah. the actual like embodiment of your character like yeah, you're not, not like right up Souls, the, yeah right. you're not like right up there with your character character or in your character's perspective you're like pulled so far back yeah. and like so abstracted almost that it's so fascinating like it is, where do you begin to like internalize that sort of
0: yeah and so when you die you you so eventually you die and mm-hmm. you come back to the island as a new person um, and it's all very you know it, it has a certain deliberateness in its pacing and in its its presentation the game opens with like a 10 minute long not 10 minute long but genuinely three minute four minutes like ten minute four minutes. minute long yeah. just like far super high up shot like straight down vertical shot of a boat going through the water to where you you don't even know what you're looking at for a minute or two. I kind of knew because I knew that this boat was going to land on an island eventually. And it slowly zooms in. And it's like, this is the game you're signing up for, motherfucker. This is it. This is the pacing you should expect from everything going forward. If mm-hmm. that does not sound exciting to you, or if that does not sound like something you're interested in, eject uh refund this game right now because because this is it and like buckle up. Um and so it's funny, like I just came off of Ashen, which is similar in a lot of ways, in that it's it's one of its its best qualities is about um it's its atmosphere, there's a tone its setting. Um it's interested in, in light and darkness in, in terms of the way it's it's trying to, to produce interesting compositions. I think this is doing a lot of that stuff, but having just played Ashen, which um let me do that stuff without the stress of the survival mechanics um i think i'm just not responding as positively as i would have hoped yet you know i i i think it's doing something and i'm curious to see how how it continues to do that stuff and there are all these little touches that work for me really well but i i have not had that 3 a.m i can't go to sleep yet moment and in fact what i've had instead are the moments of like ah, fuck, I died again. I cannot get back to my fucking lantern and my body to get my stuff back. Like, I'm hitting the thing that you hit sometimes in, like, side-scrolling shooters do this sometimes, like space shooters, you know, like R-Type and uh, Life Force and stuff like that where, like, You, when you die, you lose the upgrades you had, which means getting you cannot just jump back to continue playing Mm. where you're at without it being really hard because you've lost the upgrades that you have. Spelunky does this too to some degree. There's a there's a point when you're playing Spelunky where if you jumped ahead to just start in the ice level but hadn't played through the caves and the jungle to get equipment and get yourself like kitted out.
1: Yeah, the short—you only unlock those shortcuts because you want to get familiar with the enemy types 100%. in the world. It's actually really the, hard no actual, to jump ahead. Yeah, no, in no, yeah, no run. I mean, not, you know, plenty of players I'm sure do yeah. this that are more high level, but generally the, the flow of that game is. You unlock the shortcuts because it's like, ah, I was I didn't have time to figure out what was going, I died immediately. Yeah. It's just for you to kind of poke and prod and realize, oh, right, like this is how I should approach and and get around and navigate, because you need all of that equipment from the previous yeah. areas in order to have a fighting chance through the rest of the game. And part of the way that Spelunky works or a Dark Souls or any game that is sort of contingent on repetition, you going through areas over and over again. Um, even if there is, is some uh, a manner of, of proxy involved and in how the, the the structure of that that area is, um, is that like the mechanics themselves are like really interesting and dynamic in a way that makes that moment to moment as you do that exploration again like fulfilling and interesting. Right. And again, I haven't gone back to below, uh, and I am going to. I want to at least give. I want to give it another shot. But I do know that at the end of that two hours, th- the combat and exploration didn't leave me with that. Ooh, I'm excited to go through it again because I'm curious to see like how that the combat and exploration is gonna play out and again it was one run that's not enough no, to like no. come on a, on, a, on, a, on a firm conclusion but it didn't hook me in the same way those other games did on a mechanical level which I've always found to be like pretty critical. To being like, you know, the reason I, it's okay to die in Dead Cells a billion times is like, holy shit, it is fun as hell to play Dead Cells. And so that was my worry about below that I hadn't solved on that first run that I need to figure out when I go back to it is did I just miss it? Did I not spend enough time with it? Or does the game just not have that part of it? And then if it doesn't, is there enough for me to want to keep doing those runs to see what it's hiding further? Right. Below? And
0: what I will say is nice, nice, by the way, <laughs> hiding further below. Um. Mm-hmm. what I will say mm-hmm. is I can imagine the world in which there are things right now part of the reason it sucks to die for me right now is because everything feels hard fought everything feels like oh man I'm going to lose my fire arrows god damn it I just crafted those fire arrows I didn't even get to use them Um, but I can imagine getting to a point where I'm like all right, I'm going to start a new run. All right, first up, let me get the sticks that I need and the tar or whatever I need to make the fire arrows.
1: Right now... So you're just going to do a survival? Like, I am wonder if, like, the flow of the game is, like, occasionally you're doing exploratory, go as far as you can, right. like, Punch. push. And then there's others where it's like, hey, I'm going to put on a podcast. I'm just going to be collecting stuff because I'm... I'm you have built, a limited like, inventory how did, how did, how did, so
0: that you cannot just yeah, stop. Okay. I mean, you can go back to your, your weird hammer space, like, alternate dimension place and put stuff there. But even that has a limited inventory. You're upgrading that as you okay. go. You're finding things in the world that upgrade it to add extra storage space. I just added a nice okay. armchair in there. So there's I, like, cool. it, it, there is something cool happening. This is what I'm talking about. Um, And it does feel really good to discover stuff. So there is a flow between like, all right, I'm just going to go through the top levels and just like get some healing items going and cook up some stews and put them on my back. Uh, there's also other really neat ways in which it is, it is giving you a sense of progression, which is like, getting new a uh, new like potion vials uh is important because that is how you, you you cook food or potions at campfires in this game but you can only cook as many as you have vials mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. as you have like literally the glass for um and so as you progress and you find a potion part of the thing that's cool is like oh shit i have a second vial now and those moments are great so you know um you have a, a magic lantern that reveals traps and that reveals like stuff in the like weird stuff in the environment if you hover over it and so the moments when you, you see something glimmer in the dark is really great right now when you die and you lose that lantern until you get back to your corpse it feels bad And I want to get to the point where I'm comfortable enough with the mechanics or instead of sitting on the caltrops and the fire arrows and the bomb that I built and not using them because I feel like they're so rare. I feel like, okay, I know how to just make these things. I know how to just get myself back stocked up to get back to a position where I'm like feel strong and and feel well equipped. So I'm just going to start using this shit. And that's that could maybe make give me sort of the feeling of like. I have all these tools. I'm using them in fun ways. I'm engaging with the fights in a fun way. Enemies are hard right now. I I don't feel like I'm getting better at the combat yet. So we'll see. I feel like- How many hours have you put in? Three or four or five? Like somewhere in there. A a couple of nights, you know?
4: I feel Mm -hmm. like unexplored maybe is like a good-
0: Yeah, there's a comparison there.
4: Comparison in terms of like when you're talking about like the vials, like just like having those sorts of like that discovery leading to just- materials yeah, that will have like resources yeah exactly and open then open
0: up possibilities sort of yeah and
4: and that kind of balance of like do i just want to power through and progress or do i want to spend time like exploring things that you know may not pay out totally um uh, it's a game that but I does was, the world enchant me enough or right. like does
0: and so that's the thing is like ashen completely enchanted me like literally yeah. really enchanted me i would like was just all i wanted to do is see whatever was around the next corner mm-hmm. was, cl- was like do the weird jumping mechanics so i could climb a little higher and get a really good screenshot um whereas in this right now i'm just kind of afraid all of the time uh and sitting on resources and not like I'm watching someone play right now, and they're just, they just shot I mean, four arrows. So... I can't imagine shooting four arrows. Then why would I ever shoot four at four? I only
4: have eight. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Like you just—I—I I feel like you s- seem so back. absolutely just tiny. Yeah, like you. Which I love. I love so, so, I love so conceptually, small. Right? Yeah. this is a
0: game that is like that is very much like yeah, motherfucker. The world is big, and you are small. Yeah, like here's a shovel. Start digging. Um, and so I, I am conceptually into that a lot. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of like, can I also be moment to moment into that a lot? There was a good thread on Twitter this weekend about, um, uh, I was, it was, uh, I, I came into it where campster, uh, Aaron Signal, Chris Franklin, AKA, a lot of, a lot of AKAs over there, um, uh, was, was quote tweeting someone basically making the case that, that he, uh, Chris Franklin really liked I think inventory limits or weight limits or something um, and I was like yeah I love all sorts of things that frustrate you as a player I'm that person and yet in below I haven't gotten to the point where I like that stuff yet mm. I do like I like hitting I love it when I'm playing a Bethesda game and it says my inventory limit is peaked I'm that player who likes that shit Like I like oh yeah I can't wait to go through this inventory and separate out separate out the shit that is worth a lot of money versus the shit that's like garbage but weighs a lot so I just drop it on the ground I love it I am that person you're staring at me now Natalie I
4: I couldn't it couldn't be me those
0: decisions are fun for me yeah in my soul yeah or I just love the mundanity and like the slow the slowness of at the end of a session be like. All right, I'm going to clear out all the garbage. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cook some stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to, like, go through all that. And that it isn't fun in the, like, this is a cool sword fight I'm in fun. Yeah. But And and I haven't hit that yet in in Below. And that's telling because if not me, then who? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: Uh, And how long does it take to get? Totally. Like, that's the worry I have is that, okay, if that's eight, ten hours in, and then you get over that hump and you're like, oh, okay, this is how you – Get over this, which then introduces how you could start conceiving of getting to whatever the end game or back half of of Below is. That's just where a game lands on that. And again, that's where I come back out to the mechanical stuff is because that's what does so much heavy lifting while you're getting to that point is that moment-to-moment enjoyment. and. Like, I didn't encounter this, but I've seen some other people, like, complaining about because of, like, the, the extreme distance in the camera view, there's a lot of, like, one-and-done traps oh, in yeah. the game that are that are theoretically easy to miss, but are also easy to not miss, yeah. <laughs> and that to, to die to that, a one-and-done, and then, like, whoop, go back to the start, go find your body, is a, a form of punishment that feels, especially, again, if you're lacking the moment-to-moment um, that stuff is going to weigh heavier because it's going to hit you harder than it would when you're like, ah, fuck it. Like, I'm just excited to get back into yeah. that sword fight. Because, like, sometimes the sword fight is what allows you to sort of, like, carry yourself till you can kind of sort of e- e- mentally and internally, like, get through the other parts of the game. And so I'm curious. This is I, another I, I game I that, give that it a like shot.
0: four years ago would have found a huge audience of people who are desperate for weird, obtuse things that need a wiki to fully understand like that there was this
1: or also there are games that are in development for too yeah. long yeah yeah. and and like games move games move on games are of a moment and you know i'm not saying this is what happened to that game but and ga- you know it's often the case that you know games sh- it's better when games stay in development as long as they should until they are done but it is also possible that you know the threads that were being pulled on you know yeah totally people is. have moved totally on totally is. All right. Uh, we should go
0: quickly to the question bucket because we've got a couple of good year end questions here. If you have questions, you can send them into gamingadvice.com with the podcast subject. Nope, that's not true. It's a question subject. Just put podcast in there.
1: <laughs> just, just attach podcast MP3s. Just, yeah, send us to... your
0: questions in MP3 format. Don't do that.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Waves. Waves only. <laughs> Og Vorbis. Uh. This one comes in from Matthias, who says, "What non-digital games had the most impact for you this past year? i don't playing any board games, war games, card games, etc. Anything that stands out. Rob, do you have any? Does anything come to mind for
3: you this year? I know you play a lot. Oh gosh, um, yeah. I mean, I think probably my highlight of the year was still Fields of Despair. Um, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Same. I ain't played that board game, but sure,
3: <laughs> Fields of Despair. Yeah, love it." Summed it up pretty well, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean that was the that the, so that was the uh, World War One block game that did a really good job of kind of capturing the ebb and flow of the entire Western Front uh, mm. with a couple really simple mechanics, namely that every block like a block could be anything from a strength value mm. one up to like strength value twenty. Right. We um, talked about
0: this on a yeah. past pod, right? Yeah.
3: Right, and and so the fact that like. It introduced this really nifty fog of war to a tabletop game where you'd be looking, like, you know the enemy positions, but you don't actually know anything about them. And you end up having to really commit uh, a lot of preparation and planning and hope to any action you take and sort of masking your intentions in a way that seems really authentic to the subject matter uh, and the way the different sides would have to sort of uh, lay the groundwork. Before they could they could accomplish anything, so I think that was probably my standout uh, tabletop experience of the year.
0: Nice, Patrick, Natalie. You have any any non digital games in your lives these days?
1: Potty training—that's nice. a game. Know, um, the the uh, art of uh, baiting your child into doing uh-huh. things when they don't want to do them. Very popular uh, in the latter half of twenty eighteen has been well. Me saying, well, that's mine, you know, that's mine now. And then suddenly my daughter Whoa. wants it. So it's like, she doesn't want to wear her pajamas, but it's like, cool. And those are my pajamas. <laughs> wow, nah, that's that's a game. And then suddenly, yo, actually, I put those pajamas wow. on my ass. Like, <laughs> I want those. Um, you know, the fine line of like, how many M&Ms should you give? your kid so that they will go pee-pee in potty you know <laughs> it sometimes three? it's one sometimes it's two and wow. then once they've uh, figured out the game uh, and they're going I want to go potty yeah. and it's like do you want to go you I don't are mm. you you're smart enough to be sarcastic and trick now and then we go over pulls those pants down shows us eminem in the mouth. she goes i done. And then you get up and then she just walks away wow. and says, but I can't break the game because I need you to eat the candy so that you will go potty but then now you know that you get candy when sounds it's... like a good game to me. It sounds, yeah. That sounds... That sounds
0: fun. Two player? Three player? Something something like that.
1: It's three player. Oh, the other game of, uh, it, you know, communication with your significant ah. other because now your child is smart enough to know if uh, you are separated in different rooms and they ask for mm-hmm. something and you've already had the yogurt in the morning and you're not supposed to have more than two yogurts in the morning because you will eat yogurt all day and that does some nasty things to your stomach if you've only been <laughs> eating yogurt but so you ask mama can I have a yogurt it's like no you already had a yogurt well Dada doesn't know uh, that you already had a hidden yogurt hidden information game kid runs over <laughs> says hey Dada, can I have a yogurt of course you can you fucking love yogurt here's a yogurt mama comes over like what the hell is she eating two yogurts I didn't know she had a yogurt go to
0: check the trash can you would have seen the little yogurt <laughs>
3: should just have a yogurt can mark you those gotta, things you
0: have like a, a yogurt calendar <laughs> what's the
3: thing like I mean you probably just put a mark on her right like just like the way uh, <laughs> marker when she's yogurted yeah exactly like sort of like the in the war movie you know you like yeah. has this has this guy gotten morphine yet like right. that's that you know just do that whole medic thing where it's like here's your yogurt you know quick quick dash with the permanent marker uh, you'll fix it in the next wash <laughs>
1: That's true. He's not wrong. Thanks, Rob. I'll, pa- I'll pass yeah, the one you the run that one to the Yeah, so that if you, you run that lands. through the
0: system, you see if that works. <laughs> God. Uh, I, this weekend I played a game I've been hoping to play for a long time, and I really enjoyed it. It's called Detective, a modern crime board game. Um, it is out here by Portal Games. Um, it is sort of like an evolution or a, a – it's taken a lot of inspiration from Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which is one of my favorite board games ever. Um, it is. Uh, it is a – God, it is a crime-solving game. It is a mystery game in which you and your friends need to solve a mystery. Uh, in, in the Sherlock Holmes model, the the system Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective was like you get the the premise of the crime of oh, a, a, a famous you know steel magnet was found dead in his home, Watson, etc. Yes, British shit, you know, like that. And then you you would go to different locations on the map. Um, There'd be like a map of of London and you'd have a book with with kind of locations like you almost have like a phone book where you have people's names and businesses names and stuff like that. And so you'd be like, oh, a steel magnet. Well, then we should – okay, he must have owned this business, so we'll go to this place on the map. And then you, in another book, you open it, and it goes like, aha, and there's like a, a three paragraphs of what happens when you get there, right? And sometimes you get there, and it's like, ooh, like this is <laughs> – I found out that the steel magnet was having an affair. Or, or sometimes ooh. you go somewhere, and they're like, yeah, he was a good boss, and that's all they say, right? And like, fuck, this is a waste of time. Detective goes uh, – at, at the end of that game, at the end of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective – you eventually go to the asshole Sherlock Holmes, and he's like, "I solved this in only going to four places." And you look at your list, and it's like forty-two. <laughs> and then he goes like, "Now, why was the steel magnet killed?" And you're like, "Oh, I know that because he was having an affair." And then, and then he asks you some other bullshit like, "And what happened to the lions?" And you go, "I never. Lions? There are lions in this. What are you? What the fuck are you talking about, Sherlock?" So I'm. Ha- it's one of my favorite games, but I'm happy someone decided to try to like uh you know give it give it some some modern touch ups you know and and take it in some new directions so detective is a game for like 1 to 5 players you could theoretically play it by yourself i played it with two other friends i have friends thank you um and you are detectives working for what i already think is a very shady group called the antares the antares intelligence agency which seems to be a private investigation firm that is being subcontracted to the fbi space for, Pinkertons. oh yeah they're space it's, well no because it's it's modern it's modern or near modern um and already uh, there's a conspiracy there's a big picture conspiracy happening here so it's five cases this is a board game in the sense that Like, you know, the the door has sort of been opened in the post-Legacy board game world of games that you play through once, and that is it. So there are five cases. I think there's maybe a sixth bonus case online, but you have to play them in consecutive order. And when you're done, you've done the cases. You're not going to, like, replay case one and pretend you don't remember who the fuck – what (laughs) happened, right? Um, So the way it works is there is a a board with five locations on it. It's, like, headquarters – the the lab the um the like police department uh a courthouse and then there's one that's just like field work which is just like the world outside of those four official places there is a a calendar that says what day of the case it is and there is a kind of like a time there's like a clock at the bottom of the of the page i love clocks in games um and you have a certain number of days to get the job done Uh, So it's like day one, you know, 8 a.m. What do you do? Where do you go? What do you look in, look into? And so it opens with like, here's the crime. Instead of being like, oh, there's a dead steel magnet. The first crime in Detective is super interesting immediately. And you'll already see like what's up with this game, which is um, you get a call that a weird Polish watch showed up at an auction house. And that's strange because that watch was supposed to be in a museum in Poland in the 1930s. That was where it was supposed to be. And then it was stolen by a Nazi, uh, by a Nazi doctor. Uh, why is it in Virginia? Why is this stolen watch in Virginia? Was there a Nazi in Virginia? Question mark. And so you end up going on this, going down this road of looking into various things. Where you go to a, you know, you can go to the to the police department and look at the the watch that has been seized, right? And then you can take that watch to a historian and see, okay, well, what's up with this watch? Who had this watch originally? Um, And as you're doing that, the clock is going forward. And one, you are only allowed, you have a stress meter that increases per hour you spend doing overtime work and also decreases your score. Uh, If you you max out your stress, the case is over and you have to start answering the end game questions immediately. Because you just burnt the fuck out. Labor
3: solves cases.
0: (laughs) Labor solves cases, motherfucker. Labor closes. Um, uh, the second thing that's really cool is you you, there's an entire internet database that you're attached to for the game where you will sometimes get like a, um, you'll get a name and it'll be like, oh, this, this, this card that you've drawn says like, look up Robert Smith in the, in the database. And you type in Robert.Smith. And there are these moments where you go, like, you know, you, you turn to the rest of your, your friends and you're like, oh shit, like this guy robbed a bank 35 years ago. What? that didn't actually happen in this case <laughs> but like there are robbery like you end up going through kind of one of you gets to play the person in NCIS or or CSI cyber who is the computer person who is like I'm going to type in the 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 uh uh Whatever the file number is on this piece of evidence, and pull up the sheet that has the you know the the mugshot of the person plus the, you're, you're cops in this game. I want to be clear, it's mm. you're, you play as cops. I want to like they're private cops. Maybe you're an investigative journalist. That's one of the roles you could be. Anyway, um, but like you get this great feeling of like digging into a database. And then the third thing it does is sometimes it'll be like, hey, just look this up. This look up the Spider, which is an organization that helped Nazis escape Germany at the end of the war. I'm like, look it up. I, that, that could help you in this case. I'm like, all right. And this is on Wikipedia reading about how Nazis escaped. And like wh- in
4: IRL? IRL Wikipedia. Wow. I'm just
0: out here like learning shit. Um, <laughs> and, and eventually at the end of this, it does the same thing that is like, all right, tell me how this watch got here you know tell me tell me why how it was caught up in this other situation that has nothing to do with this watch that has to do with just like a robbery mm-hmm. um and it's just fun to solve mysteries together with friends like that's really so it's what it is it's cooperative it's cooperative yeah. it's 100% cooperative um lots of note taking lots rad. of speculation lots of like and because there's this time limit on it you end up having the situation Sherlock Holmes consulting detective had a time limit in that every every move you took that Sherlock didn't have to take you lose points This is not that – I mean you – the stress kind of does that. But what it really does is, all right, we only have a little bit of time left today. What do we do with the remains of our day? It's 2 p.m. The office closes at 5. We only have a 3 p.m. move and a 4 p.m. move left. What do we do with those? Do you want to spend an hour driving to the lab to try to get something fucking like analyzed? That analysis could take three or four hours. Do we really Mm. want to blow that? Like – Especially if we're going to go back to the lab tomorrow, we're going to spend another hour driving out to the lab tomorrow. We're going to, we just go tomorrow and we should, we should fucking uh, do both of them tomorrow. And then someone says, like, no, but if we do that tomorrow, that's it's two four hour long analyses. That's the whole day. We're going to spend the whole day in the lab. I want to be in the field. I want to go talk to people. And that stuff, that tension is really fun. So it's everyone
4: like, has to go. You decide
0: toge- together. Yeah. There was one car. You go together. <laughs> everyone's like a little car figurine. That's you really put it cute. on the map. It's so good. Um, and I haven't even like talked about like special abilities because there are things that happen where you go to a place, you draw a card. The card says, "All right, uh, Susie at the at the uh, evidence desk gives you the box with the old diary in it." Um, and then it can say like, "All right, well, you have if you spend a research token, you can flip this card over and read what's on the back." And you are well, fuck, I only have one research token. And then your friend, you know, Allie says like, oh, don't forget, I have the ability that lets you turn any token into a wildcard token. So go ahead and spend that. And if we really need another research token later, I can use my ability to do that. So you do it and you flip it over and the card says like, oh, but then you notice, you know, Susie comes back and says, oh, wow, something fell out of the box. And she gives you a receipt that breaks open the case or you spend it it and you're wrong. And she comes back and she's like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was also this quarter in there. <laughs> like, it's a mead it, notebook. It's right, exactly. Um, but one of the things that this game does really well that, that again, Sherlock didn't, Sherlock, besides the, the besides the directory, also had newspapers, and it was like the news, like the one broadsheet from today, from the day mm. the crime happened. But you were able to look at past newspapers also. So like five cases ago, there might have been something about a gem heist That was relevant on today's case. Oh, cool. Detective does this in a kind of forward facing way. Sometimes you'll get a piece of sometimes you'll finish reading the thing um, and you'll know you're on the wrong track for this current case because it will say, hey, go through all these cards and find the one marked, you know, number 135. Put that into one of the evidence baggies and then on the evidence baggie, write case number three. And when you get to case number three, you can open up this that bag and read it then because what you found is something that's relevant but not for this case. Mm. So like in the future, you've kind of already done some work. And so that's a neat way of being like, oh, you've hit a dead end, but there's never really a dead end when it's – when you're part of Antares because everything is connected. There's some secret – man, it's really cool. There were some moments in this thing that were just like – like really tiny thing right off the jump and I'm not going to spoil what happens at the thing, but – You read your briefing. At the end of the briefing, it says, you know, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, the funeral for Frank for Frank Smith uh, is on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Just meet us there. And so instead of starting at the HQ that day, you can choose to go to the funeral and spend your opening turn at the funeral instead of just doing whatever at HQ and some shit happens there. And like throughout that case, surprise, Frank Smith's name shows up elsewhere and it's just like. Those little, those little connective like runners that go throughout a game, end up creating a really fun sense of TV mystery style pacing. We're like, oh shit, that's I recognize that name. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Detective. It's by Portal Games. It's really good so far. Uh, I'm super excited to keep playing through it. So that is my favorite board game, non non digital game, from this year so far. So far. So far. Right. Nice. Um, one last one, Patrick. I really need your help on this. Maybe Natalie too. Yep. Luke wants to know what is the most accessible platform of the year for someone who hasn't played or really enjoyed that type of game in decades. Thank you and merry christmas Luke. So if you were to pick one platformer from this year that was like hey, th- go play this. Like it's that good? Is that Celeste? What is that?
1: Well, it is Celeste. Uh, so you're going to watch a video of Celeste and or you're going to be reviews of Celeste. It's like, yo, this is a hardcore Extremely difficult platformer. But. True. That's. (laughs) But they added in options for you to completely manipulate the gameplay mechanics. Like, they are 100% fine with you adding another jump. Oh, wow. Changing the way stamina, the way, like, normally in the game, when you're clinging to a wall, there's a stamina meter that, like, kicks you off so that you have to, you know, keep going. You want to turn that shit off? Fine. Like, Game d- does not. I don't think it even impacts packs any achievements. Like you want to game the system. Like, good job, good for you. Like, yeah. There's who cares? a huge like um,
4: accessibility menu where you can change all of that sort of stuff to like. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, there's a huge. I brought a big feature on it way earlier in the year. Um, and the whole point was like it's both accessibility from the standpoint of, you know, people have different uh uh you know uh, physical challenges in terms of playing games. It's also understanding that like. Who cares, right? Like, you know, designers can set up a structure in a way that they want you to have a certain experience. And I remember there's there really great quotes from the, the lead designer in which he was just like, at some point, I just had to let go of that yeah. stuff. Where, look, if the difference is between a player enjoying all the other cool things we've done in this game, the amazing soundtrack, the incredible art, the like really interesting story about like struggling, dealing with, and coming to terms with uh, mental health, uh, is adding another jump. I, you know, I get over yourself and this game, you know, sets up a parameters is like, this is the game they intend for you to play. But if you want to go around and, and mess with that stuff, no harm, no foul, enjoy this game at your leisure. That doesn't, can't work for every game, but I I wish more games had things like that, even if you didn't want to take advantage of it. And so I, that's the one I would consider jumping into. Uh, but I also think, uh, uh, Grease mm-hmm. is uh, also oh yeah, a, good it's call. beautiful. It's 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 simple. It's not particularly challenging from a platform. There are puzzles that so are really a lot rewarding of the, to figure out. Yeah, usually the platforming is rooted in you just figuring out the pattern of the puzzle in like a like you know Mega Man Two like disappearing platform sort of way. So it's not so much about like precision as much as just like okay, I know what I have to do now, just go do the three jumps and so. I would say, like, on that, those two those two games represent a, a really different spectrum of platformer that are satisfying in different ways. Um, so those are probably my, my two recommendations.
4: Awesome. Yeah, I would second second Celeste. I haven't been able, uh, I haven't gotten the chance to play Greece yet, but I'm planning on playing and over That's the how break. you say
0: that word. You said it right, right away.
1: Yeah, Natalie crushed <sighs> it.
4: I was
0: going to up on language. I'm just done with <laughs> her. Crushed, crushed it. it. Wow. <laughs> That sounds like Russian. That sounds like you're like the villain in a James Bond movie.
1: Is, Natalie, is it possible for you to do that in the baby voice?
2: Uh, I crushed it.
1: Wow, baby um, geniuses over here!
2: Baby, baby genius. <laughs> I
0: hate it.
4: Everyone's mad at me. I was also
1: thinking of this. I was thinking of this story um, that. Uh, when you had me talking with my kid that recently, because I don't want to forget it, yeah, it's a please. story. It's not related That's to fine. anything. We're in the free um, zone now, baby. But, you we know, at, do whatever we it's want. It's the end of the year. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Pour she, another beer. Uh, you know. Right. <laughs> she repeats everything, and so you got to be careful about that stuff, but it's like, also, it's, sometimes you just don't remember that you said something, and so, you know, uh, I don't know why I said it, but at some point, I, like, changed her, and she likes if you just kind of, like, poke fun at her and just, like, say things as Jadred like, Get that big butt out of here. And she runs away. She knows what her butt is. Um, And then the whole rest of the day, she was walking around the house, she would take off her clothes, or if she was wearing her clothes, she'd look behind her, pull her pants down, look at her butt and go, I got a big butt. And then would walk away. She'd look at me, dead in the eyes. I got a big butt. I love her. And then I couldn't respond. Cause if I laughed, right. if I acknowledged it. She'll do it again. I'm yeah. confirming that you should do it again. So I would just had to put on just my steely face possible. This is not fun. God, I would
4: be so weak to it Jessica. God, I would you just, you be absolutely be. she she could walk all over me. She
1: eat seven yogurts. She
4: could I would <laughs> let her eat as many yogurts as she wanted. <laughs> different styles, different types, Greek yogurt. Yeah, you got a big bun Here's some yogurt. yogurt.
3: <laughs> Let's go it's pet funny. some ghosts.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are there any? Are there any lingering thoughts as we wrap up this year? Like, we obviously we we have a bunch of podcasts coming out over the next week still, where we talk about our favorite games of the year and and, and other stuff. But like, you no, know, and after that, we're gonna have a 2019 looking ahead podcast also still, and and I think probably a Waypoints catch up. So we have other opportunities to talk about what's next and what's and and what what else in the world of pop culture we love. What are we saying in games? Any final thoughts before we wrap put a wrap
1: on twenty eighteen? Games were better this year than I thought they were going to be. Halfway through the year I was kind of feeling yeah. oof. You know, there's some stuff. But got to the end of this year and like I had a lot of games. Like I I really I ended up liking this year's slate more than I yeah. thought I yeah. was.
0: Going I to definitely not that many months ago was like I think I like three games this year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Four games. Right. That's what I was worried about. Like, I can make yeah, a list. I, like, there are yeah. 10 games that I would be like, I enjoyed that. But I ended up, like, looking at my list, like, a strong, like, double that. Like, five or six that I feel. Really strong like, about. Really, really yeah. strong about. Yeah.
4: Um, I think I'm just really grateful for the sort of rediscoverability that mm. has happened over, like, past games getting like a new light and a new chance to to shine like hollow knight for me or even like unexplored which i brought up earlier yeah. like a lot of and a lot of that having to do with games coming to console or more specifically mm-hmm. coming to switch so um it's been a
0: weird year for the Switch in some ways, right? Switch is, has not had any, has not had, I mean, Smash just hit, obviously, mm-hmm. but before Smash, there had not been this hu- anything hugely successful at first party. Mario Tennis Aces was fun, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that stuck around. You know, that was one that, like, I, I, halfway through the year, I was like, I guess that'll be on my list. Yeah. I, I like it, but. Um, um,
4: but yeah, it has. It, it's definitely instead, been a weird it's year. It's been a lot
0: of what you're saying, which is third-party releases, old games getting getting re-released. *Mark of the Ninja*, mm-hmm. which we're playing through right now for Waypoint One. is on Switch. Um, lots of l- little games like that that have helped keep that that system afloat. Rob, mm-hmm. yeah. do you have any any
3: looking back on 2018 feelings or thoughts? Um, I mean, one, it just feels like it is it feels so dangerous at this point to be making a game because attention is so yeah. limited like you're in competition so much for people's time and i wonder i think there's always a bit of distortion if you do this job for a living that your experience playing games is not going to be like people like just who do it as a hobby uh and so i th- i've always sort of believed that we tend to be gravitate towards the idea that games should be shorter they should be you know a couple sitting experiences uh And I've tried to resist that, but this was kind of the year where I needed, I really found myself wanting games to be more digestible, more like that maybe I could play through an entire act of a game in a sitting Mm. um, and, you know, following a three act structure, like that it would be comprehensible uh, on that scale. I think that that is something that I, I am feeling more and more acutely because there are so many games that I just wish I'd had more time for this year. Yeah. But. I think the the bigger thing, you know, it's a bit of a down note I suppose, is um it also feels a bit like excess succeeds in a lot of ways. Like the more time I put into Red Dead Redemption 2, I just found myself liking it less and less. Like mm-hmm. the flaws became more and more apparent. And I don't it's not necessarily that oh, I hate Rockstar. I wish th- I wish this game had failed to teach those guys a lesson. But it's more, I think a lot of people who ended up buying that game because it was so culturally prominent yeah. and because there's such a ma- massive marketing budget behind it, will they will have chosen that experience over so many others that I think were probably better and would have been more rewarding uh, this year. And I think the thing that scares me a little bit moving forward is that... There are certain games, certain franchises that are almost impervious, not just to, like, critics' reviews, but even to their own audience's reaction. Go ahead. Like, downvote us. You hate this shit, but we know you'll buy it. You'll love it. Nah. And, I, like, I feel like that happened a little bit toward the end of the year with Fallout 76 and with Red Dead. Where it's mm-hmm. like, look, they're big names, big studios. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what you feel. Uh, this is going to print money regardless
0: yeah red dead's been weird i i finally i went back to it a little bit recently um and i guess i'm probably in chapter four now four of seven and i'm right on the edge when i know that game is going to get bloated in a way that i really start disliking it based on what i've heard from other folks based on what i've read and watched um and it is weird because i so you get to that big city right you get to san denis which is like their alternate new orleans um, and, you know, when you go in, it's when Dutch, is, Dutch gives his whole speech like, you know, whatever, like, this is it, Arthur. Civilization. This is the best the people in the East have to offer. Smokestacks and, and bubble gum. I hate it. We we need to go back out west where freedom lives, where the the cows reign free, and and the the people who were here first, who we all know, they deserve it. The wild cows. There's no gum on my shoes. No gum and no government. That's what I say. It's me, Dutch, and I'm like, actually, I don't want to leave San I, I, Austin Walker, thinks that that, think that that city is rendered beautifully, and mm-hmm. there are so many people are speaking French, and there are black people, and there are people playing trumpets and like the and little ragamuffins who rob me all the fucking time. And yeah. I love it. I, I love that city. I don't want to leave it, and I might just not. I might just and that's what happened to Arthur Morgan. He settled down for good in Saint Denis and became a city boy. <laughs> you know, maybe he took people out west every now and then to show them the ropes with a like, with a like, with a horse or whatever. Like, oh look this is how you ride a horse. This is like, where I'm from. This is where I'm from. Yeah, but I live here now. And that is the awesome. Not office. a brass band Canada. for
3: fucking miles.
0: <laughs> yeah, this fucking garbage valley. You know? No one here is there's no nice bars where you go in, everything stops, everyone turns and looks at you unless they're gonna pull a gun on you. Not like in Saint-Denis where there's just music flowing through the air and the the I don't it's nice, you know? Um and that might be it for me in that game. Uh and that's been a weird feeling because the question one of the questions I think we come, keep coming back to is like There are so many huge bloated releases um, and they're going to continue to be. And for for many of us, the answer ends up being like, and I'm not going to play them. I'm going to go play small games on itch, right? Like another game I, I started playing uh, this past week, it's short and I'm, I'm going to probably finish it T- tonight is my hope is extreme meat punks forever, which is, <laughs> has a fucking great name. It's uh by Heather Robertson, who is, I think from, uh, did some, did some school at NYU game center. Um, she's very nice. I've met her a couple of times. Here is the pitch on extreme meat punks forever, a serial visual novel slash mech brawler about four gay disasters, beating up neo-Nazis and giant robots made of meat get ready for the worst road trip of all time. It's a tiny game uh, on itch with like some basic mechanics and like some fun writing and cool characters and it's queer as hell and it's anti-fascist and and there are giant robots made of meat um, and the one solution to the bloat is I'm going to play small stuff and I think that's a good solution and it's one that I hope we can continue to to you know, focus on here in terms of giving those games coverage and talking about them on the podcast and doing free play articles and other small game articles, right? But also, uh, I think that there is something that I've seen a lot of people do, including me, which is like, I'm going to make the bloat work for me, (laughs) right? Like, they're going to make these big bloated weird games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and, and Red Dead Redemption 2 and Fallout 76. And like, how do I turn this fucking thing into something for me? And partially, I think that that's like, I can see the case that it's a waste of time, that what we should be doing is just spending time with work by smaller artists. But and smaller also the teams.
4: economy of, like, game journalism. Yeah,
0: but I just mean, I don't even just mean us. I mean, like, players. Oh, I, I, I see. have friends who are like, yeah, I just like being Arthur Morgan talking to people. Mm-hmm. And, like, these are people who are, are very publicly critical of Rockstar's labor practices mm-hmm. and very critical of who will say, like, you know, I'm just not gonna play any. There's a one of my friends the other day was like, "Yeah, there's a mission that I I have heard is transphobic. I just don't need to play that shit. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let that in my life. Like, I'm not gonna let that negative energy in my life. And there is, to some degree, always this vibe this year I've seen of people like, "How do I take this thing that is has attempted attempted to be made made for everybody? And, and find my own place in it. I've seen that in Fallout 76 and people talking about how they're finding joy in it despite it being really broken. Um, I've seen that in people who go back and mod games. Like I it's it's something in my in my head in in, in the front of my head right now. And I'm not I don't know where I stand on it yet, right? Like but I'm I it's something going into twenty nineteen that I think we're gonna continue to see is like these huge, giant things that are not for you, how do you make them for you? Um we have a great piece coming out this week. Uh it should be up by the time you hear this from from Dia about um, uh, photo modes and the lack thereof and, and kind of finding ca- kind of the, the natural photo mode that is in every video game in some sense. That's really, really interesting. So check that out for sure. All right, I think that's going to do it for us for Waypoint Radio in 2018, our last regular Waypoint Radio of the year. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this year. Continue to enjoy the podcast content. It's going to keep coming. Next week, we are going to start digging into a couple more of our favorite games, with those big long pods, but also our uh our, our top ten lists are, are gonna hit and associating or accompanying each of those will be an interview between the people whose pods come out or whose lists come out that day. So for instance, I think Wednesday my list goes up and Natalie's goes up and there will be a conversation between me and Natalie about our lists so that we can talk about games that probably wouldn't be mentioned anywhere else in the in the, <coughs> the week uh of of Gody, The week of our Lord Gody. He's a goat. Gotti. Gotti. Gotti, yeah. Gotti. Great, great movie. movie. Wait, is it a great <laughs> wow. movie? Wow. Is that the one with Travolta? Where
3: Travolta directed plays John Gotti? E. Wait, what? Wait,
0: who directed it?
3: E from Entourage.
0: E from Entourage directs that movie?
3: I'm pretty sure. You, you know. know that? No, that's not Wow, that true.
0: explains a lot. That dude seemed, mm, okay. I I've only watched he, trailers and scenes from that movie. It looks bad.
1: The year of E! directing Gotti and Aquaman being real. actually yeah, being I a know. film. I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
3: <laughs> What's Vincent Chase doing these days? What's the actor doing? Animal rights activism, I believe. Really? I Yeah. Like, I good think, animal I think, rights Adrian, activism? Yeah. I think Adrian Grenier yeah. is, like, big into, like, animal rights and humane treatment. 2018, My right. guy. Yeah. Is he still hot as hell, or? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so okay. probably, yeah. Still looks the same. Probably still has the same limited range. I love uh, it. But right. he's, he's doing good work. That's his best trait.
1: Look, sometimes you know your boundaries, and then you got to find exactly. another way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: All right.
0: On that note, that. we are going to be done for the day. Uh, <laughs> as always, you can send questions to GamingAdvice.com. Shout-outs to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the E.B. Pale Machine. Though, actually, this might also have the mellow the – mellow track on it. It's probably the Mellow track on it. We'll keep it on there. Shout outs to Mellow also. Find out more about Bowen at waypoint.zone. Find out more about Mellow at Mellow Makes on Twitter to mellomakes.bandcamp.com. Uh, any other final thoughts here? What's, what, what are we going to leave the people with?
4: Oh, God.
0: What's, you know what? <laughs> there it is. One, one more
4: time. Can I get that one more? Oh, God.
3: Oh, God. Peace. The Rogers era is over oh, in Green Bay. Okay. Uh-huh. It ended like it ended like 3 p.m. Soldier Field. Like, that's when we definitively knew. As he like sailed pass after pass, we knew it was done. It was the Bears Day. The NFC North is the Bears division. Not just for today, they're one of the youngest teams in the NFC.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nick Foles is gonna save me again. I believe.